Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we've got a great one for you today. We have World Goes Round. They've done some great things. They're doing some great things. And one cool thing is we just found out that we're kind of premiering their new song. We'll be the first to play yeah. it of anybody. So we think that's pretty cool, and we'll be playing that later it in the is. show um, called Can't Let Go. So, Elizabeth and Frank, are y'all here? Yeah. We're here. <laughs> Hello. I'm all the way over from England, and, and uh, I just can't believe this technology. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it cause, is. Because we, we, we actually ran New Country Buzz back in 2014 before we shut it down in 2015. And it got – because the technology wasn't there like it is now. So yeah. with that, back then, I would, record, I would record the interview, and then I would type it out. And it just oh, yeah. got too much. It just oh, got wow. too much, it you did. know. Especially when now, granted, if, if I was making money with the site at that point, I think I'd have typed it out. I've been fine. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you know, when when you're not sure when the money's going to come, that's yeah. tough to do and to keep it going. But so we end up yeah, that shutting it down mm-hmm. for three years. It's but a bit as you like know, being when it comes to music, the music business. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 as you know, when it comes to music. As you know, you can't leave music. It's like it's, it's like music yeah. didn't. We didn't choose music. Music chose us. So it was like we we had no choice yeah. to relaunch down, and we end up relaunching in 2018. With the no, well, I'm so glad buzz. you did, and thank you so much for having us. This is really very important to us, and and uh, well, it's thanks. great to get the kind of response we've been getting from people like yourselves who are helping us get the word out there. I love that. Yes. So as we get thank started, thank you so here, much. Yes. As we get started here, one thing I always like to start with, and probably every host starts like this now because, I mean, we got the elephant in the room. Tell us how you're making it through COVID. (laughs) Oh, Elizabeth, you want to go first? (laughs) Well, I I did just take my mask off to do this interview. (laughs) 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 And and I I missed lipstick. (laughs) I know, but you are wearing the heels, right? No one wears lipstick anymore because no one's going to see you. Anyway, um, how are we coping? Uh, well, well, uh, all my live performance work is gone, and it's been gone since March, and that's different. I mean, uh, Frank, you know this, but I've performed all my life since I was a kid, and, and um, I've never gone four months without doing a show without performing yeah. that's really really different and and in many ways having the band to focus on uh again is uh is keeping me going through this <laughs> <laughs> yeah right? it's, it's a real blessing it is I mean, the, whole, the whole way it has come about is just such a bolt mm-hmm. from the blue i don't think any of us really expected or believed that yeah. we would you know we would ever be in this position so we're just amazed, amazed and grateful, and uh, take, you know, taking it step by step. But you know, we see a year ago, we, you know, we it was a it was a dusty cassette in Marty's attic, you know, and now we've got <laughs> two singles out and a couple of videos, and we're finishing up wow. an album, and you know, it's it's an incredible blessing because not only are we kind of honouring the work that we did in the past, but by bringing <laughs> the four or five new tracks up to up to the same level, you know, the ones we never finished, um, <laughs> we really do have an album here, and. Um, it's just a great feeling, you know. We're doing the artwork and we're going through all that stuff. So it, it's I'm, I'm having the best time in my life. You know, it's great. I mean, my lockdown. <laughs> I, I feel completely like I've won the lottery. You know, my lockdown has been amazing because I've just been totally focused on this. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. we totally understand where y'all are coming from because um, we actually launched the Chris and Sandy show January third of this year, and the plan, the original plan was to interview 80 to 100 people first year, which would have been good, you know. That's a pretty good right. show to, to, to interview 80 to 100 wow. people. Well, when the yeah. show, when, the, when COVID shut everything down, mm. I told Sandy, this was our time to shine. I was like, all these artists are going <laughs> to need a place to talk. I was like, they're going to need that. I was like, yeah. we need to step it up. And because right. of that decision <laughs> – because of that decision, you are now our 176 interview since January. 7th. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Wow! Congratulations, wow. that's that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's, you know, so although we don't want things to be shut down, we don't want you know, but you know, you, no. there's always opportunity in crisis, and we're just trying to find that silver lining. 
Well, I totally agree. Yeah. And Sandy, I wanted to say that one of the one of the things that's amazing about all this, I, I sort of make a joke about it because the reason why the band never finished the album in the first place is because all of us were just so busy the whole time. Everybody everybody was being called away, and eventually it, it just kind of ran out of steam because we couldn't. We couldn't keep the momentum going. Everybody had work to do that they couldn't turn down. Mm-hmm. So I was joking in another yes. interview that, that um, it took the whole world to shut down for all of us to be able to work together again, you know. So there's always a silver lining, you know. I mean, I will remember it personally. I, we are, you know, we are the lucky ones. I feel really for those who are suffering and those who have lost loved ones and things. It's a shocking mm-hmm. and horrible thing. But at the same time, there are, there are positives to come out of it as well. You know, a sense of community, yeah. uh, feeling of caring for your your neighbor. You know, all of these things. I mean, it really feels different now. Yeah. So as we get started here, I always like to um, um, have artists kind of tell a little bit of their backstory. So if y'all take turns right now, spend a minute or two on just telling us your backstory of how of how your band came together. You know, and a brief overview of y'all. Well, Elizabeth, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, where that's did we first. meet? Uh, uh, that's yeah. Where did we uh, we we were all in Los Angeles working, and uh, like Frank said, all working on different jobs and uh, di- with different artists. Um, and uh, I I think well, shoot, I was with uh, John Denver and Linda Ronstadt uh, doing tours and. Uh, and uh, we we got together. Frank, you you wrote a couple songs for John Denver's album uh, Dreamland yeah. Express. That's and, right. And I, mean, I think I got. I think I got and that's them. also John Denver's a key in all of this because you worked with him a lot, and he was a, a, an incredible guy and, and a great kind of visionary about the future. He had a. Yeah, the foundation, and he so. was very much into kind of alternative energy and saving the planet and stuff, you know, 30 years before it became a big major topic of conversation, you know, politically. Wow. And um, yeah. and in that process, um, <clears throat> we met Marty, because you were Marty working with Marty, as I remember with, it. And that's me, how Marty came Denver. into our orbit, I think, isn't it? That Exactly. That's how that happened, yeah. In fact, uh, the album Dreamland Express, I think you've got a couple tunes on that album, uh, one of his... John's uh, last albums, um, and I'm singing all over it. Um, if, you, if you Google <laughs> Dreamland Express, you'll see Marty and I on stage uh, uh, on, on a television show behind John Denver, just the two of us. So that's Marty Walsh, our guitar player, and I. So you Google it, it's the first thing that comes up. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's fun. So that's how well, we. Well, and met. the backstory continues. The backstory continues with Laurel Canyon, of course, which is kind of legendary um you know all over the world not just in america because um we were lucky enough to be living in laurel canyon at the time and we had a recording studio which we were using mm-hmm. every day virtually and um writing with different people and recording different stuff um and it really did have a vibe we had a 150 foot sequoia growing out of the middle of the studio so that that kind of certainly was giving off some some energy for sure um, <laughs> but some wonderful rec- music was recorded over that period i mean we all look back on it now and we were just uh you know we were just flying forward writing writing our brains out you know with everybody and uh, looking back now at, at what we what we managed to achieve during that period mm-hmm. was pretty incredible it was just a golden period in terms of the collaborations and the people we met the people mm-hmm. we worked with you know we had people like the sea wind horns recording in the living room and you know ridiculous kind of uh, things that, that are unheard of for an english songwriter it's like dying and going to heaven you know you're in you're living the dream in 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 the hollywood hills and and working with all these incredible a-list musicians and you know it was a different music business in those days it, there were there were studios you know there were <clears throat> there was a kind of sense of community if you were respected and rated by your peers you were, every day you would meet different people in the hmm. studio you'd run into people wow. You know, kind of, uh, and, and it was just a fantastic vibe. I mean, that my, mm-hmm. my problem with the music business now is it's become very insular. You know, everybody's um, because mm-hmm. of COVID, luckily, but, but everybody's recording in their living rooms. You know, the big studios they hardly exist anymore, and it's a shame That's because true. there was a great sense of community there. You know, if you went into A and M or Ocean Way or one of those big studios like Larrabee, you know, there'd be three or four rooms, and people would be recording in different rooms, and you'd be standing by the water cooler, and and you know you know, Boz Skaggs would come out or one of those people, you know, and, and and you'd start chatting and it was just a different feeling. You really felt like you were part of this um 
community that was generating this music, you know. And I, I do mm-hmm. miss that, I have to say. Yeah. And hopefully that'll come back next year. Because I mean, I don't think a lot's going to happen this year, but no. hopefully 2021. Because, and I believe you know, 2021 could go down as one of the best years economically yeah. as we've ever seen. Because you know, right now there's a lot of businesses going under. We yep. know that, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot more go under. But as we start to come out of this, I believe that there's going to be because you know, almost every market in the business world. It's saturated. Yeah. It really is, and it has been saturated for years. Yeah. So while a lot of businesses are going to go under, there's going to be a lot of new people that start businesses next year, and I think we're going to have a huge year in almost every area of life. I think it's very true, and I think there's a lot of pent-up demand in every area of life. You know, I mean, people are, people are gagging to go to concerts or to go to cinemas, to, to, you know, particularly for the creative arts. I think it's going to... I think it's going to have a sort of boomerang effect, you know. Um, it's already amazing mm-hmm. what people are producing with all the limitations and all the technical limitations of lockdown. But, yeah. you know, if we just all kind of keep calm and, and you know, keep a, keep a lot of love going and a lot of positivity, I suspect we'll get through yep. this no problem at all. And I think, to be very honest, I think there's an awful lot of stuff that will change and change <coughs> which might have taken 30 or 40 years will now take four or five, I hope, you know. I mean, yeah. I think these, that we, can't, we certainly can't go back to the way it was, you know. And nobody yeah. wants it, and, and, you know. Yep. And, and, you know, another thing, too, I think that's going to happen is it's going to be, it's, you know, this year is a gut check time. This year, many artists who has this big dream is going to have to sit down and ask themselves, do I really want this? And this yeah. kind of leads me into my next part of this. Mm-hmm. I always like to bring out that side of it, the grind. Because, you know, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of your, like, Blake Shelton's and Miranda's and all that. But they don't yeah. see the grind, the sacrifices that it takes to get there. And it's probably going to be more sacrifice now to oh, get yeah. there than ever before because of what's all going on. But I like to hit that side of it because I know a lot of people don't see that side of it. So I want to hear that. And I'm going to tell a small story to help guide us into that part mm-hmm. of this. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls, and at that time, they were full-time with music. <clears throat> and I asked Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. Her words were, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music a hobby. She goes, because the day you want it to be a career, everything has to change. You have to think different. You have to eat, sleep, breathe music. You have yeah. to live this life. It's, it's not like your nine to five. Your friends and relatives will never understand. They invite you to weddings. They invite you to holidays. They invite you over to weekends, and you always yeah. have to say no because you have gigs. And they don't realize that, yeah, you can say no to the gig, but you have nine, 10, 20 other people that are depending on that gig. It's not just yeah. about you as you're building this career. It's about it's so your, true. the whole team. And, but she says there's going to be days where you feel miserable. But don't matter. You've got to get on that stage at night and smile like there's no tomorrow. But yeah. she, then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's go there a little bit about that side of it. Yeah, amazing. Mm. I couldn't agree more. I, I think, uh, I, I, I think I music is a very hard, or any of the creative arts, is a very, very tough, yeah. it's a very tough way to make a living. And um, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody's sympathy or pity because I chose this and I couldn't really yeah. see myself doing anything else. And, I, you know, <laughs> I have to say, you know, for all of us, it's been the most unbelievable blessing because music is, you know, it's an essential part of life, like food or shelter or anything else. You know, I realize mm-hmm. as I get older how how important music is, how crucial it is to people's lives and um, but you also have to prepare yourself for an awful lot of heartbreak and an awful lot of rejection I mean if you're not good at taking mm-hmm. criticism and if you're not good at he- hearing the word no don't go into the music business because you're going to hear a hundred <laughs> no's for every yes truth. you know Fair enough. <laughs> so it, it takes a little bit of intestinal fortitude you know but but you also have to mm-hmm. love it and you have to feel like you really have no alternative and yeah. You know, what, being a songwriter, one of the great benefits is that I've had a lot of free time to produce, pursue a lot of other things that I'm very interested in in my life. And so I'm very mm. grateful for that as well. It's given me a lot of freedom as well. I can't say yeah. it's all been a grind. You know, it's, it's, 
but the, but the highs are definitely very very high, and the lows. And are we'll talk about the highs. You have to really minute, learn you know, how to kind I, of moderate both of those elements, otherwise yeah. you go crazy. You know. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> it's a, uh, all 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 three of my children played music and oh, wow. like to like to uh, write. Uh, my daughter loves writing her own material and such, um, and none of them will be professionals. Um, they mm-hmm. uh, musician musicians that is, um, though they though they gig and they play for themselves, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but they they can't make a living at it. And I wouldn't. The music business has really changed. And as I was cutting my teeth on it as a kid, um, mm-hmm. I was able to make money and and uh, yeah. I got paid well to 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 do gigs and enough to float my rent and, and make, make things happen for me while I was just working on what I did or my craft and, and all and, and getting and improving and such, you know, getting experience. But now mm-hmm. none of my kids can go out and get a job that would, would mm-hmm. uh, mean that their days are free to, to really pursue it. So they all have other jobs. <laughs> yeah. And well, they, they say with any career as now, as you have to have a side hustle. You know, you have to, you have to really be in your heart about what it is that you really want to do. But you also have to be prepared to, you know, don't expect a hit record to pay your rent because it won't. You know, you you, yeah. you have to. You can't rely on that. You know, you're in the lap of the gods. I mean, look at World Goes Round. We had to wait 30 years before we could even let, get people to listen <laughs> to it. You know. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't recommend uh, going into the music business if you're faint-hearted or if you're relying on it just to to kind of become a star overnight. I think that you know you made a really yeah. good oh, point, no. Chris, which is that it it, it is a grind. It's, it's a lot of a lot of hard work, a lot of heartache, and a lot of um, you know kind of just sheer sweat that that happens. Yeah. And very often that. And I like to t- and I like to tell this side of it because and again in a minute we'll get to the reward side of it. Mm-hmm. But I always like yeah. To- talk about this side of it because I think a lot of people don't understand you know you hear people tell artists well just get a real job you don't you know you know yeah. and all that and they but don't then understand they say music is the most important music... thing in their life you know <laughs> go figure right? it's you like, can't have it both ways catch you know? 22s <laughs> yeah <laughs> can I just tell can I just tell something that's close to yeah. home exactly on this story sure. which is that you know Jeff Hall who is you know, our, the other band member, apart from Tommy Vicari, you know, our producer um, engineer, mm-hmm. who is a, a kind of the resident genius and the, the sort of the, the invisible member of the band. Jeff is, you know, without exaggeration, one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. He's an extraordinary arranger, drummer, songwriter. You know, he just, he lives and breathes music. He's one of these people who just <laughs> exudes music and he can make anything yeah. sound amazing. Now, Jeff had his heart broken by the music business. He was literally out mm-hmm. of it for 10 years before World Goes Round. Wow. I don't think he would mind me telling you that. When, when, mm-hmm. when we talked about putting the band together again, I could see that Jeff was a little bit wary and saying, whoa, hang on, I've been, I've been down this road. I've had, my, I've yeah. had you know, the hell kicked out of me by the music business. Because the music business is tough. It's full of really unpleasant characters and, and really mm-hmm. nasty people and a lot of pressure a lot of um, decisions by committee that don't make sense, you know, for people who are not very musical. <laughs> yeah. You know, the reason why we, we formed a band in the first place was because, you know, we were all being successful. We were having songs cut by big stars. We were, you know, Elizabeth uh-huh. was touring. Marty was touring with Supertramp. You know, Jeff had a, you know, classic hit with Piano in the Dark and Brenda Russell, you know, around that time. We were, we were all buzzing. But, yeah. you know, the problem was we, we couldn't, you know, we, we couldn't really... There were so many disappointments. You'd write a great song, and then it would be perfect for an artist, and then somewhere along the line, mm-hmm. within the A&R chain, the committee would go, meh, I don't know, I don't see it, I'm not feeling it. And all that work would go out the window, you know? And we just thought, wouldn't it be a luxury <laughs> if the yeah. four of us could make music together and just be our own A&R people, our own record company, our own judges? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, pleasing four people in a band is hard enough, you know, because it really is democratic. Yeah. <laughs> Not, no, we never do anything unless all four, all four people go, yes, we'll do that. If one says no, we don't do it. So, you know, it, yeah, it's a really, it's sense. hard enough when you're in that situation. So, you know, that's the reason why World Goes Around started in the first place. I don't think we were mm-hmm. star, well, you know, we, we weren't starstruck about, about fame or glitzy, you know, kind yeah. of all this stuff. You know, you see these kids on on. X Factor crying their eyes out because they don't get to the next round and it's like they're not interested in music they just want to be famous you know and I don't think that was ever an issue with us we just wanted to make the right music yeah. and we still do you know we yeah. still want to make music where we are the judges 
And then mm-hmm. if it works, if it stands or falls, it's on us, you know. But exactly. there's an awful lot of compromise if you're trying to make a living as a as a working musician, a working songwriter, a working producer, because you have to please a whole raft of other other people who, frankly, are irrelevant to the creative creative process. I know that sounds a bit strong, but it's really true. I mean, and and you know, it's lawyers and accountants the... cannot tell you if Bruce Springsteen had listened to lawyers and accountants, accountants, we wouldn't have Bruce Springsteen. You know, it's yeah. simple as that. And you, and you and you know, it's really getting tough for the songwriter. You know, if you're an artist and songwriter, it's one thing, but if you're just the songwriter, we oh. had Frank Myers on the other yeah. day, and he's best. And of course, he's a big songwriter. Got twelve yeah. number one hits. And he was talking yeah. about streaming services and how they really screw the songwriter. Oh, and, he, and, he, and he gave us an example. He, he, he says, I'm going to give you an example. He said, this is from personal experience. He says, I had a cut with a big artist recently that got 9 million streams. There was three yeah. of us that were songwriters on this cut. Hmm. They got 9 million streams. He says, we made 400 and something dollars each. It's disgraceful. Oh, my. It's yeah. disgraceful. Let me tell you, a tape operator, a technical guy in a studio is making 50 bucks an hour. Everybody's making money except the creative people. You know, it's, it's yeah. really quite a shocking, mm-hmm. a shocking yeah. situation. Um, and mm-hmm. I blame the record companies, I'm afraid, completely because when the Internet came along, mm-hmm. they didn't realize, they, they dropped the ball. They didn't realize that it was going to bust the whole thing wide open, you know. And yeah. that's what it's mm-hmm. done. I mean, and people keep paying lip service to music, saying music is so important. You know, music is the biggest thing in my life, but they're not prepared to pay for it. You know, they're not prepared to buy exactly. the product. And it's taken 15 right. years for the record company to figure out a way to allow people to even make scrape a living, let alone make money. And I think that's the shocking yeah. thing because they could have dictated the game from the beginning. You know, the, the Internet needed mm-hmm. content. And the, these arrogant people just thought it would go away. They just thought, oh, it's another fad, it would go away. They didn't realize that the whole foundation was being swept away from under their kind of edifice, you know. And yeah. unfortunately, and we, you know, the music business, the, the creative people in the business are the ones who suffer. And they, without them, there is no music business, you know. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. as simple as that. Now that we talked about the grind side, and I think we hit it pretty hard, and I, and I love that. Yeah. In fact, the harder the harder we hit it, the more the more joy I get out of it. Not because yeah, it's so hard, but because I think it needs to be talked about, and nobody talks about that side of it. That's why I always yeah, want to hear that. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate but, that because I don't yeah. think a lot of people understand or realize what it yeah. takes. You know. <laughs> so now that we talked about the grind, let's talk about the rewards that come with that type <laughs> of grind. What, where it leads to, which is really great stuff. So when you look back, when y'all look back on y'all's career right now, yeah. what are some moments where you're like, wow, we got to do that? Some of the highlights. Oh, wow. Oh, Elizabeth, you're, you're, you're on stage all the time, Elizabeth. You must have had some highs that, that I can't even imagine, you know, with, with the people you've worked with. You know, Elizabeth's worked with Nelson Riddle and with, uh, you know, Lily mm-hmm. Ronstadt, and she's oh, toured wow. the world. She's gone to Japan. She's gone all over the place. I mean, amazing, you know. Um, yeah, and there there are a lot of remarkable performances. Being on stage mm-hmm. with Linda Ronstadt was just a gift every every night. Um, the voice of life just right next to me, mm-hmm. and just an amazing experience. Um, but I, I'm, I must say that I still enjoy it so much, and um, mm-hmm. I I just love working with uh, new players all the time. Now now I'm focused. And almost entirely on jazz when I perform live, and mm-hmm. so uh, and that happened for a couple of reasons, um, not the, the least of which is budgets disappear. You can't afford to rehearse a band to pay a band for mm-hmm. rehearsal the way that uh, I'd like to, um, and so uh, jazz is live. <coughs> no one gets a rehearsal. I get on stage, <laughs> I lead the band, I call a tune, I count it off, and wherever I want it, I. <laughs> I make sure we're all in the same key before we start. That's all sort of baseball hand signals, head tone, you know, like that. And and then I count it off, and we start. And I'm working with amazing young players. Well, I had been up till March 19th yeah. um, live uh, a number of times a week, different players, and they always, always just startle me. They're brilliant, and and I meet these lovely guys who are so optimistic about the what's coming up you know what's what's next mm-hmm. for them and and I'm just delighted to be a part of it I still get the same thrill out of it that I did oh, wow. years ago being on stage with John Denver and 
and Christopher Cross and, and Linda Ronstadt, it's it's still the same buzz for me. I love to perform mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. Just a thrill. Just a thrill. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway. it shows, Elizabeth. You just shine when you're on stage. I mean, you know, Elizabeth comes alive. It's amazing just to watch her mm-hmm. on stage. She's, she's, you can't take your eyes off her. You know, it's, it's incredible. Go to church for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think for me, you know, being more of a, you know, I was always a, a singer as well as a, a songwriter. But the thing that was working mm-hmm. for me through my life was being a songwriter. So I slipped into this kind of mode of the backroom songwriter kind of almost by accident. But it does give you <laughs> some incredible um, moments uh, because you can move like um, – move anonymously through this world, you know, and see it from the inside mm-hmm. without having to do an awful lot of the, the, the ghastly things that very famous people yeah. have to put up with. You know, I mean, let's face it, fame can be very corrosive. You can you have know, the best can, of both you, worlds. It can, it can really, well, I was very lucky. And um, I'm also quite lucky that if we get to the stage with the band now where we're playing live in front of an audience, that will be a complete bonus. And I feel like I'm finally old <laughs> enough to handle to handle that, you know. But but this is a story. This is a little story that Elizabeth will remember, which is that, and unfortunately she wasn't there. But Elizabeth Mm -hmm. and I wrote co-wrote a song with Brian May from from the band Queen, um, Mm -hmm. called "Too Much Love Will Kill You," and it was a it was extraordinary how it came about. We were in our in the place in Laurel Canyon, and and um, Brian was in town on his own, and and Jack Nelson, who was my manager at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who knew Brian very well, called me up and said, look, Brian's in a very bad place, you know, and he needs a, he needs some company and a friend, whatever. Can he come up and just have a cup of tea with you guys and just hang out for a bit? So we said, yeah, of course, send him up, you know. So anyway, he came up, and poor boy was a mess, you know. He was splitting up from his wife, and he was he was in a terrible, terrible way and spent a lot of time crying and, and uh, you know, just feeling terrible, and I spent a lot of time making tea and, and mm-hmm. <laughs> basically... At one point, you know, after a few days, I just handed him my guitar and said, Brian, we have to use this. Come on. You know, so we sat in the room <laughs> in our studio and, you know, we were going through some pretty bumpy times ourselves one way or another. And this song came out and these songs have a life of their own completely because this song yeah. had a journey a little bit like World Goes Round. You know, it was supposed to be on this mega album called The Miracle by Queen and it was taken off five days before release because of contractual oh, problems wow. and issues. We were the only outside outside writers ever, apart from David Bowie, who I guess, you know, that's a different story. But but as as <laughs> writers, we were the only people who ever, Elizabeth and I were the only ones who ever contributed to to a song on, on the Queen in the Queen repertoire. So you can imagine the disappointment. I mean, we were, we were crushed that this record was suddenly, you know, this, this big moment was suddenly taken away from us. Um, mm-hmm. And then Freddie died, of course, which was even more tragic and horrible. But what we didn't wow. realize was that um, in 1991 or 92, I think, there was, a, there was a tribute concert that Brian and the rest of the band organized at Wembley Stadium. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard of Wembley Stadium? It was like, like the biggest football stadium yeah. in England and, and it's very famous yeah. in the soccer world. It's 100,000 people, you know, it's massive and it has wow. a huge tradition. Yeah. So Queen organized a concert for, in, to benefit AIDS research and it was dedicated to Freddie and they had a, a, a cast list of stars like you can't imagine. Elton John, um, you know, David Bowie, uh, Guns N' Roses, George Michael, you name it. It just went on and on. Robert Plant mm-hmm. from, from Led Zeppelin. I mean, Everybody was was on this show, and it was an extraordinary event. And and mm-hmm. about halfway through, Elizabeth, you weren't there, which is part of the reason why I'm telling this story. Um, <laughs> I was sitting in the crowd, you know, kind of. I wasn't even backstage. I was just in the crowd with seventy five thousand people. And suddenly, about halfway through the show, this is all on YouTube, by the way. Brian Brian comes out on his own and says, "I've got a song which we've just finished, and I want to dedicate this to Freddie because it's quite simply oh, wow. the best thing I've got." And I, I just thought, oh, my God, he's going to sing it. I had no idea he was going to sing this song, you know. <laughs> and he sat down at the piano on his own. And no one had ever heard this song before outside the band. And he played Too Much Love Will Kill You. And Wembley Stadium is a very noisy place. I mean, and, you know, the, the people mm. were kind of singing Radio Gaga, a lot of, you know, We Will Rock You, a lot of, a yeah. lot of kind of audience participation, rowdy kind of, you know, so you can imagine 75,000 yeah. people. So Brian started playing this song and we got through to the to the chorus and there was not you could hear a pin drop in the in the in the stadium wow. you know there was not a sound and I was dying a thousand deaths I was dying death by a thousand cuts I'm thinking they hate this they'd never you know this is crazy this is going down so badly and I was sinking further and further <laughs> down in my seat as if anybody knew anyway you know 
And he got to the he got to the end of the first chorus where it goes, "Too much love will kill you every time," and the whole place erupted. And I've never, I was honestly like having five thousand volts pass through my body. I've never experienced anything like it because I was so afraid yeah. that this song was dying a death, and then suddenly to hear a <laughs> massive football crowd kind of cheer for your song that they've never heard before, and then at the end, of course, it brought the house down, you know. So that was quite a high. Yeah. That was worth a lot of yeah. a lot of nos and rejection and, and pain, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, and, and I love all that because, again, was, you know, and like an artist told us recently is the, the grind is a lot. You just have to get, you just have to go from glory to glory to get you through the grind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh, fair enough. We're gonna, yeah. Yeah, so um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come yeah. back and play your song, Can't Let Go, and we'll come back and talk about that. How's that sound? Fantastic. Terrific. All right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
you get that and we're like <laughs> your PR people sent us that oh yeah and they were like well I guess everybody's going to hear it for the first time on your show <laughs> that's happened <there. laughs> yes we've had that happen a few times and we always love when that happens <laughs> well you guys deserve oh. it because you know what you're doing for for writers and performers <clears throat> is fantastic because you're giving them a chance to express themselves not just musically but to also tell you a little bit about, about their lives and what it's like you know Hey, you cool. know, when we first launched um, the Chris and Sandy show in January, I was like, how can we be different? Now, granted, being a husband and wife co-host team, I mean, that already makes mm-hmm. us unique because there's, there's very few of that out there, if any. Um, but I was like, I wanted to put something unique. And I, I listened to other podcasts and all that. I'm like, you know what? I know our twist. I know our niche. You know, everybody mm-hmm. gives people like 20 minutes. And you really only have enough time with that to talk music. We're going to give right. people 60 minutes so that we can get parts yes. of their story out there because the independent artists don't have a place to tell their parts of their story. Yeah. I think that's going to be our platform. Oh. That's great. Well, thank you for what you do. Yeah, that's just absolutely. brilliant. We're very happy to be here, very glad to be here, and it's a very auspicious I moment. I always appreciate you know? that. Mm-hmm. So tell us how that song come about. Oh, my. Well, you or me, Elizabeth? <laughs> you go. <laughs> okay, feel free to jump in any time. Um, right. We were. It was all around about the same time that we were doing World Goes Round. I had been writing with Marty Walsh, mm-hmm. our guitar player, mm-hmm. and um, he he and I had done a couple of things which were a little bit more kind of um, in the rock sort of area and. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit more kind of towards what World Goes Round, you know, because World Goes Round covers an awful lot of different bases. You know, one of the reasons why we probably yeah. could never get a record deal uh, in the old days is, would be, you know, if we'd, if we'd ever really tried, would be because it covers all kinds of different music, which is basically us. You know, we're four different people. We bring four different things to the table, each of us, you know, and we mm-hmm. all have our own mm-hmm. um, take on things. And Marty had this background in with some country artists, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. and... You know, basically, I mean, he's played with lots of different country artists, and he's right on that. I mean, Marty can play anything, you know, but but in his heart, I think there's a, there's kind of a little bit of a country boy somewhere there, you know. And he came <laughs> up with this melody, mm-hmm. and um, it it just it had that beautiful guitar part on it and stuff. And then, you know, when we came back to uh, this is one of the new ones which we've been the old, new old ones which was never finished. Mm-hmm. So. Um, where, where that came from was that since, since lockdown, you know, Tommy and Jeff have been working in the studio and one of the songs that we selected to bring up to kind of master level along with the other, the original kind of seven tracks was Can't Let Go. Um, precisely because the vocal, that's the original vocal that Elizabeth back in, did back in the day. And it's still, it sounds more stunning than ever. I think, you know, it really sounds amazing. And, um, there were so many things about the original demo, which were fantastic and it just needed a little bit more 
kind of love and TLC, you know, to make it into a master. And Tommy and Jeff sure supplied that. You know, Jeff Jeff created this wonderful rhythm track, you know, around the vocal and and I even got to play acoustic guitar on my own record. How about that? That's a first, you know. I feel <laughs> that's my that's my crowning achievement, you know, when you play on a record with two of the best musicians you've ever met in your life, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I love this song for lots of reasons. It's a sad song. It's a song, it's a song about breaking up and how difficult it is to break up when you really love somebody, you know. But, but it's, uh, I think it's a mm-hmm. song that people can relate to, and everybody's been in that position. What do you think, Elizabeth? Yeah. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, uh, and we were going through what we were going through, and I hear that in the song and the, and the vocal mm-hmm. at the time. It's um, heartfelt. Yeah, it's coming <laughs> anyway, from a very real uh, place, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lo- I, love I, I that. think all of our our songs are that way, Frank. Uh, that that yeah. we really yeah. are, are put a lot of heart in into all of the material. It, we were speaking uh, authentically at yeah. the time, and and uh, mm-hmm. and for one reason or another, the the band wasn't signed. I remember us going around and and taking meetings, and people were like, "Yeah, the music is just great," but. <laughs> it, it just something happened in there that that it it didn't. It's like nobody take knows you. You shouldn't time. be making music this good. Why? Why? You know where where have you been? You know kind of thing. You know <laughs> we come, yeah. you know, we've been we've been making yeah. great music for other people. You know. <laughs> yeah, we were all. I think you know that. Elizabeth, you touched on something there, which is really important, which is that for me, mm-hmm. in in whatever style in whatever area of music you're into. And, you know, we love them all. Liz, Elizabeth loves jazz. She loves country. You know, we love R&B. It's, it's like right across yeah. the board. But um, mm-hmm. every song that really resonates with people has to have some kind of kernel of truth in it, you know. Yeah. There's an awful lot of formulaic songwriting and record producing that goes on, which is just filling up the space, you know. So when you hear mm-hmm. something which something which really, really does come from the heart, it doesn't matter what style it's in or what, genre it belongs to it it gets to you you know it it, it touches you mm-hmm. um i mean jeff jeff comes from a completely r&b background you know he's played drums for shaka khan he's sort of you know he's he's a, he's an r&b guy you know and he just loves this song because elizabeth's vocal is so kind of heart in your mouth kind of just yeah you know telling it like it yeah. is uh and i think people can relate to that i'm amazed at how good it sounds on the radio <laughs> I've heard it before, to be honest i'm slightly blown away like elizabeth too and, you know uh, anyway elizabeth hats off to you what a vocal you know congratulations oh, thank you thank you it was definitely just, just, awesome what it a was beautiful song you know what's lucky for us is that we are all kind of each other's biggest fans in different ways. I mean, that that to mm-hmm. me that's the the greatest thing because even working in lockdown where you're having to do it kind of piecemeal, waiting for Marty's mm-hmm. guitar overdubs on a track mm-hmm. is like you know I can't wait to hear this. You know, and then then you've done <laughs> it and you hear and then Tommy sends you a mix and you go, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, yay Marty. You know, <laughs> and it it just. It's been happening like this. There is a kind of what's what's lovely is that if we were just talking about music that had been recorded 30 years ago, then that would be mm-hmm. great. But it would be a kind of a bit of a nostalgia fest. But what's really interesting yeah. about this is that because the album was one unfinished, there is the gamble that we had 30 years later. We had to finish this record. And for me, the most wow. gratifying thing is that yes, we're older and you know not much wiser, but the stuff still still sounds great. And and you know the yeah. contributions that that everybody's making to the you know, to the new things, if you like. You know, they're not new songs. They were recorded at the time. They were, they were, they mm-hmm. were kind of vocalized and written at the time. But, you know, it's just great to be able to rely on Marty to be an incredible guitar player, Elizabeth to be an incredible singer, and Jeff to be an incredible drummer and arranger. You know, you, you just know that, yeah. that the stuff is going to sound mm-hmm. great. And that's for Tommy's sounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know the story about the cassette, oh, right? That, that, is, that is sort of completely... Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you're, if I can tell the story with you if we had time with your listeners. But World Goes Round was sort of one dodgy audio cassette away from oblivion because mm-hmm. really what happened mm-hmm. was that, you know, 30 years later, I got a, I was traveling with my wife in, in, in India and I got a, an email mm-hmm. with, from Marty saying, have a listen to this. And he sent me two of the original songs that we wrote. And I just went oh, wow. away. I said, Marty, these sound great. <laughs> you know? He said, yeah, it's from a cassette. Can you believe it? You know, and because some of most of the master tapes had kind of disappeared, you know, for, for three or four mm-hmm. of the songs, and we still don't mm-hmm. know where they are. We had to go with the original mixes, and those were mastered off the audio cassette. And boy, I mean, uh. Tommy Vicari's sound, 
you know, I mean, if he doesn't win a Grammy for that, I don't know who should. <laughs> it's quite incredible what, that that the stuff can sound so fresh and so punchy and so crisp from a from an audio cassette that's thirty years old. You know, that that just blows me away. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Luckily, we're recording in a better studio now, finishing things up, so it isn't quite so so crucial. <laughs> you know, anyway. I love that. And you know, one of the things that we like to do on the show that I think doesn't get told enough. You know, as you know, people see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers. They don't see the managers. And I don't think the team ever gets enough love. So I always like to, to spotlight oh. that in our show. So if y'all want to take a couple minutes to tell us about the team that helps y'all be who you are. You know, it takes so many people to make something like this happen, and they all have to be working with so much love and so much dedication. I mean, just to put an artist on a stage at night, you can imagine how many people, road people, sound people, you know, kind of at, at, at every level, there, there, there's an army of people working. And even with a project like this, which is very much a kind of mm-hmm. homegrown kind of sort of, what would you say, like a sort of homespun kind of project, there are people yeah. who are lending a hand with this, like, you know, Dominic uh, Bugatti and his wife Vicky have made the videos. I don't know if you've seen the videos of Big House and Round the World, but they're absolutely awe-inspiring. They're incredible. Yeah. Um, the they've given amazing. us a kind of visual yeah. identity for the band, which I don't think we could have come mm-hmm. up with for ourselves, you know. And, yeah. you know, we rely on all these amazing people. You know, we've got a whole team of people doing the artwork for the album who are just doing it because they love it, you know, and they want it to succeed. And even the record company, you know, Viper Records, I have to shout out to Jonathan Stewart, who owns the record company. I mean, this record company is a, a company that is famous for hardcore rap and R&B, you know. So <laughs> along come these, these, these sort of oh, hippies, and, and you know, you and he goes, I love this record, I'm going to put it out, you know. So it could not be more reliant on the goodwill and the good graces of, of everybody, you know, the, all these people outside the band. I mean, there's, there's a whole, they, believe me, the credits oh. and the thank yous on the record are going to be pages long. There's so many people who have lent, lent I, their hearts to this, to you know. Throw, I, have to, I have to throw in Lori's name, Lori at, at Roger oh. and Cohen. Absolutely. Our yeah, they're helping all, us with yeah, publicity. She, she, she is mm-hmm. just amazing. We love her. She's she. It's such a labor of love. I mean, she from the very first moment, and it was such a long shot, you know, how how Laurie got involved anyway. Um, and mm-hmm. she just the minute that she, I told her the story, and the minute that she heard some of the the music, she said, "I'm I'm in. I'm I'm doing this." And oh wow, you know, we've been doing interviews and you know, kind of uh, just almost like on um, three four times a week. And and the great thing also is that. Everybody in the band is doing interviews. You know, Marty's doing interviews. Mm-hmm. Tommy's doing interviews. I think mm-hmm. if one of us was going to do it, oh, wow. they'd probably have a breakdown by now because it's too much. You know, <laughs> but there are, the fact that there are five of us is fantastic because it means we can share the load. And also, people get different sides of the story. It's great. I love listening yeah. to Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth telling the stories because we're telling the same story, but she, I'm hearing it from her perspective, which is from great, her perspective. You know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and given that he's in England right now and I'm in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just have to catch up, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing we also like to do on our show is we we kind of have a third um, co-host. Our little eight-year-old. We do. We always let we always let our eight-year-old come on and ask a que- question Aww. to each artist. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and, and you know, we got a seventeen-month-old that when um, she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too. <laughs> it's a family affair, right? Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. That's what I always say. We're a family affair, big time. I love it. And okay. we're, you know, and we're always going to be that. You know, I want to keep it a family show. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so Sandy's about to get him on on to ask his questions real quick. What's your son's name? Christopher. With his question. Hi, Hi Rob. What's your favorite Hi. food? <laughs> What's that? Say it again, Lucas. I can't hardly hear it. Oh, let me see. So, so say, say it again, little Chris. Hi, we're going around. What's your favorite food? Favorite film? Food. Or favorite food? Yep. Favorite Sorry, food? I, did, I couldn't hear. What did What did you say, Chris? Yeah, food. Food. Oh, food. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You, now, don't get me started, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I would. That changes Favorite a food, lot. favorite food, my goodness. Italian food, <laughs> definitely, for me. Yeah. I couldn't live without pasta, you know. 
but I'm a European, you know, so that's that's a good. Uh, uh, that I love a good uh, a good pizza. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and and it's it's Preston, is that right, Chris? Uh, it's Christopher. 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 Little Christopher, right? Little Chris. My favorite pizza. Yep, little Chris. And he loves pizza. Your as he favorite said. is pizza. Okay. Yep. Together. How can you not love pizza? Everybody loves pizza. It's the best thing ever invented, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> pizza for breakfast. Yes. One day, little Chris, when you're a big Chris, you're going to go to Naples in Italy, and they do pizza by the yard. And you go to these little shops where they're literally making they're making it by wow. in great big strips by the yard, and it's the most delicious thing you ever tasted. You know, so let me set that as a goal awesome. for you. Mm. <laughs> That's where it came from. That's Bye, where it was invented. <laughs> yeah, he comes he comes and goes quick, but you know he loves he that part. He gets up. In fact, there's been a few times where an artist had to cut short, and it was like last minute. So I didn't wasn't able to get him in there, <laughs> and, he, and he gets upset Sorry. when that happens. But what a what a great yeah, question! What a great question! You wouldn't ask us what our favorite food was. I'm I'm thrilled to talk about my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to find out. He loves food, so that's his question. Yep. <laughs> so if y'all could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? <clears throat> oh my God, that's hmm. a tough one. Hmm. Let me think. Well, I mean, co-writing with with people who aren't here anymore is a little kind of hard to imagine, a little spooky because, it, in a way, their kind of their <laughs> legacy is so strong. You know, if you're talking about right. the Doors or Jimi Hendrix or, or you know, um, what can I say? You know, George Jones, any 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 of these people. You know, there is they're they're all so legendary. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say. I think. For me, yeah. uh, I, if I had to write with somebody again, I would love to write with one of the newer artists who are coming through, you know, who have established themselves. People like Ned Sheeran, uh, sort of Ed, Ed Sheeran, people like, um, you know, Mark Ronson. There's some, there's some really great young people around who have managed to break through and who are very much in the, the tradition of great music, but they're taking it to a, a different place, which is, that's exciting. You know, when you see young people doing yeah. what they do well and not just kind of doing their own thing, but kind of, you know, I mean, when I listen to Ed Sheeran singing, I can hear bits of Sam Cooke. I can hear bits of the Beatles. You know, I can hear mm-hmm. not, that, not that he's stealing from them. It's just that the influences are there. Yeah. You know, they're undeniable. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, for me, I think would love to have had the chance to work with Amy Winehouse or, um, any, you know, there's some great new artists around. Dua Lipa is great. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's some really special special young people around. I have to say, you know, I think I agree. music now gets a bit of a bad rap because people say, oh yeah, well it's not like it was in the old days. But the truth of it is that that there is some great music around, and oh, yeah. these kids have had to fight even Just the radio than we don't did. play it. Just the radio well, don't play it. That's that's yeah, the maybe, big thing maybe. a lot of times. But you know, it's a harder business. There's a lot of good stuff. Then. It was always a hard business, but it's really so hard now. So to break through now, you've just got to be extra, extra good. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I take my hat off to these kids. That They are extraordinary. They they really know their stuff, and their, their talent is just is, is unbelievable. Every age has amazing an amazing generation of talent. And I think yep. maybe this is the moment, you know, with all this world crisis going on, there's so much stuff to write about, you know, so much stuff that people really want to hear. Exactly. Yeah. Um, wouldn't True. surprise me if there was a whole new movement that grew out of this musically, you know. Could be. I mean, because we've got a lot of artist friends that we've talked with, and they're like, they're writing some of the best stuff they've ever written in their life yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Adversity. <clears throat> Well, um, and writing from the heart, you know, writing what you know and writing what you feel. I think that's the most and, important you know, thing. Like there's a quote I posted earlier on Facebook and something to think about. There is purpose in your pain, but there's also pain in your purpose. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's very good. Purpose in your pain, yeah. pain in your purpose. Okay. Yeah. It goes both All ways. Because, right. you know, a lot, a lot of people want to go through this whole artistry without the pain. But the pain yeah. is where, you know, again, when you write that great song, it's yeah. usually from a point of pain. So your purpose yeah. is in that pain, 
But mm. when you're writing, it's also painful. So there is pain yeah. in your purpose. Yep, I know it's a, it's a, it's brilliant. I think. I think it's it's also, um, you know, that, that when you, I think if you're suffering. You know, if you want to talk sort of for a second on a kind of philosophical level, there's no justification mm. in the world for suffering. I can't. I've never. You know, in my whole life, I've looked at all yeah. sorts of different religions and philosophies and stuff. I can't look at a kid or an animal or somebody suffering and just turn away and think, you know, well, it's it's that's the way it is or whatever. You know, it breaks your yeah. heart. At the same time, suffering is what teaches you humility. You know, and without humility, mm-hmm. you're nowhere because there's always someone who's better. Yeah. And there's always someone. Yeah who's worse, you know, and, and a lot of people should just be happy with who they are. You know, they're always comparing mm-hmm. themselves to the greats, you know, to, you know, the, the, the princes and the Paul McCartney's and those, I mean, those people are so, so successful that, that you could virtually mm-hmm. kind of, and, and they've paid the price in pain as well for their own success. So it's not a cakewalk yeah. for them either, you know? Um, but I think, I think, Suffering, the only justification I can see for it at all is that it somehow or other makes you stronger. And Mm -hmm. if you see, sometimes I see kids who have got terrible diseases who are sort of five, six years old being interviewed in hospital, and they come come across as such old, wise souls, you know. They've seen so much of life already in five or six years. It's Mm -hmm. extraordinary, you know. And I think that's the only purpose I can see for it, you know. And, and, you know, true growth. Not, now, you can grow if everything's going good, but not much. You grow mm. through the struggle. That's where your, that's where your growth on the inter- internal comes is, is that struggle, that, that fight. Can you get through this? And then you get yeah, through this and you win that battle, you know, and that's where growth comes. It's true. It's absolutely true. And the most important thing is you've got to be like Winston Churchill and never give up. <laughs> you just never ever give up and if you never give up and, then you never lose and you know. you know talking about that what's funny about that is Sandy and I we've been married October will be 18 years we've been married and I bet we have launched over 100 business failures in this time but we've launched wow. but, but we have launched enough to where we'd make a little money yeah. <laughs> Good. To and the then, next step. And then until until the next venture, and then we make and until the next venture, and then, and then eventually we found music, and he, and she's loved music. And the funny thing is how God can lead things right on together. When we first got together over 17 years ago, I was one of these people that wanted to be the motivational speaker. She wanted to be a, a music person, and mm. we had to compromise because I listen to audios all day. She listens to music all day. So in the car, we had to compromise back then. And I yeah. always joked that she brainwashed me in all this music stuff. But because <laughs> of that, here it is 17 years later, we have found yeah. a way to where we can live my passion out, which is talking, yeah. and her passion out, which is music, all under one umbrella with the Chris and Sandy show. Yeah, congratulations. That's marvelous. I mean, yeah. you know, and it's well you're running on faith most of the time. Let's face it. You know, you you go from little from one step to the next, and you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then you look back That's and you go, we've "My goodness, done. we've come such a long way." You know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, great place to end. So if y'all want to tell everybody on um, how to reach y'all through social media, websites, and all that, now's a great time. Um, that's important. Uh, world goes round. All one word. Dot info, and you'll get our website and links to our, our two videos out. They're both brilliant and, and lots of information about, uh, about us and what's going on and our upcoming album release. Indeed. Love that. It's on Viper Love Records. And it's on Viper Records, too. The two singles too. we've had out, one is called, the first single was Big House, and the second one was mm-hmm. called Round the World, which is a little bit confusing <laughs> by a band called World Goes Round, but hey, you know, we can live with that. Yeah. Um, yes, around the world is a little bit more kind of lighthearted, a bit more summery. You know, we felt that after all of the coronavirus stuff and all the sort of stuff that people have been through, that we needed to cheer them up, yeah. not just kind of beat them up with um, our ideas about the environment and stuff. You know, so this is really kind of a, a hopefully a very up, very uplifting record. And um, you know, Love I that. urge you to listen and, to it. And you know, we enjoyed having you on the show. We look forward to having you back down the yes. road. Great, any time. We'd so love much. to. Thank you. Such Thank a nice, you both such a, such for a fun us. interview to do. Such good questions. Thank right. you. Oh, we love Thanks. hearing we'll that. Talk. Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah, all the best. Y'all all have best. a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you.